to the Open Forum in the Villages Florida podcast. In this show we are going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs and interesting folks who live here in the villages, to give perspectives of what is happening here in the villages. We hope to add a new episode most Fridays at 9 a.m. We have converted all of our shows to Buzzsprout. Of course, you can still listen to Apple Podcast, Amazon Music and about 20 other podcast platforms. Your favorite podcast player will still work. We are now a listener-supported podcast. You can become a supporter for only $3 or you can choose to pay more per month. Go to openforminthevillages.com and click on support in the black box. There will be a shout out for supporters in episodes. This is a shout out to supporters, Tweet Coleman, Dan Capellan, Ed Williams, Alvin Stenzel, and major supporter Dr. Craig Curtis at K2 in the Villages. We will be hearing more from Dr. Curtis with short Alzheimer's tips each week. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Dr. Jamie Feldman. Jamie is a hypnotherapist and I'm going to say runs his own business. Thanks for joining me today, Jamie. Jamie, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into hypnotherapy. Okay, many years ago, I was always interested in hypnosis. I found it intriguing. Uh, my background really was in engineering, computer engineering, and I was in the Air Force and as, as a computer engineer. After I got out, I started doing, uh, going back to college, finished my college, and I started doing work in the computer engineering field. But then later on, I, I had the opportunity to get into hypnosis and hypnotherapy, and I took courses in. And later on, I did get my doctorate in clinical hypnotherapy. And I have found a way of doing hypnosis, which is different than men, what many other people do. I use the sub conscious, I speak to a subpersonality, which we call parts, and we're able to speak to that part of their subconscious that's causing a specific behavior. And what I do is I go directly to that specific subpersonality, and we're able to correct it. I think I can go on and on. Good. Jamie, what I always like to do is put a little bit of a piece of humor okay. in, 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 into the shows for my grandson, Evan. And I'll just throw a couple of pieces in there, because I've had some what I'm going to call them ponderings, mm -hmm. which would seem a little bit interesting. One thing nice about egotists is they don't talk about other people. Or, it's another pondering, is it just me or the buffalo wings taste like chicken? <laughs> it just seems to me that the word Q is followed by four silent letters. And then, why do we call W when it's clearly a double V? Just some ponderings. And, you know, we're all getting a little bit older. We all know that mirrors don't lie, but I'm also grateful that mirrors don't laugh. So, Jamie, how long have you been a professional hypnotherapist? I think it's going on 28 years already that I've been involved in practice of hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. and, and, Jamie, could you tell our listeners who aren't familiar with hypnotherapy or haven't had it themselves or used it, what hypnosis is really all about. Well, first of all, in order to help people, you have to speak to the right part of the brain or this, you know, call the subconscious that's actually causing the behavior that you may want changed. Uh, let me give you an example. People come to me with depression and they want it corrected and they've been on medications for 20, 30, 40 years mm -hmm. and they have no results. As a matter of fact, every time it works, it works for a while and then they have to have the medication increased. Now, the only way we can correct it is by speaking to that part of the subconscious that's actually causing the depression. 
And it's called a subpersonality. And the only way that you can address it is by having someone hypnotized. If I could snap my fingers and have someone be hypnotized, they would call me a snap finger therapist. But you have to hypnotize people in order to speak to the subconscious. Once they're in the altered state where the subconscious comes forward and the conscious mind goes into the back background, then we have access to the subconscious that makes major decisions. Now, we can't make any any major changes that a person doesn't want. They have to be able to say, yes, this is what I want. And once we can do that, it's very easy to access the subconscious. But again, you can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do. So what we do is we speak to that subpersonality and through certain techniques, we can go back to the origin of its existence and it's called regression and we take them back in time to the origin and we keep on going back until we hit a wall once we hit that wall we know we're at the origin from that point in time speaking to that specific subpersonality we can neutralize it with certain techniques we use neutralize the trauma that was associated with that event that caused depression and it's basically a way of the subconscious helping the individual and when I say helping the individual, they're trying to protect them. And if someone is in a situation which mimics or triggers a past memory, what it does is it person has a traumatic effect and they may have depression, they feel sad, and they want to get away from that situation. So that's basically a little bit about what hypnosis is and why we use hypnosis. And it's called hypnotherapy, using hypnosis as a therapy. And this way we can help people with depression, anxiety disorders, people who have bad habits, and also to help enhance people with sports and also with uh, educational enhancement. And, and then, of course, for people in the villages with golfing. We've done that many, many times. Naturally, so, golf is the most important thing. Of course. So. Of course, most people on the outside don't realize that there are over 3,300 clubs and activities in, village, in the villages, and golf is just but one. Jamie? Yes. What makes your brand of hypnosis different than others? Well, many times when people use hypnosis as a treatment, they're speaking to the subconscious as a whole. And the whole subconscious is not the part of the subconscious that's causing people to have certain behaviors that they want changed. My type of hypnosis or hypnotherapy that I teach people or teach uh, individuals who are professionals in that, that field is you speak, you ask to speak to that subpersonality that's actually causing that specific problem. So as I mentioned before, person who has depression, you speak directly to that part of the subconscious that's causing depression. And what we also do is we ask it for its name. And typically what I do is when it does come out, I say for purposes of identification, what may I call you? And then before they even answer, I say, by the way, I've got a good name for you. And I'd like to call you happy. Now, what we're doing here is already making a change. And that change is by making them have a new name that describes a behavior that's 180 degrees different than what they had before. And that's one of the things that we do. We speak to the subpersonality, which is a major change. It's called parts therapy. And if you go back to psychology, it's also called gestalt therapy. We're speaking to the part of the subconscious that's actually causing the major problem that you want changed. So if someone had a devastating or catastrophic problem in their childhood, maybe abuse as a child, how would you address that 
in hypnotherapy? Well, first of all, when they come to us, we ask them, we have what we call a pre-talk session. We ask them, what seems to be the problem? Well, I've had so many things in my past that caused me a specific problem, and they mention the problem, and it could be an anxiety disorder, or let's go back to depression, and they're completely depressed, or they have anxiety, panic attacks. So what we do is we know what we want when they're hypnotized. We speak to that part that's causing the specific trauma to to experience itself or to come out. And what we do is we ask it to go back to the origin. And by going back to the origin, we can go back to when they were two, three, four years old, where the trauma actually started. And many people don't even remember that event. I would say 95% of the people don't know that event. And when we take them back, we take them all the way back to the origin. And once we go back all the way to the origin, we are able to now speak to that part and we do certain things that neutralize. Uh, when I say neutralize, we do what we call inner child work and forgiving. The inner child work is speaking to that child that has been traumatized, and the forgiving is you're asking that child to forgive all those people who have ever hurt them. This, what that does is it neutralizes the effect of the trauma and the experience that they've been going through. And we do that at that point, and what it does, it clears out everything from the origin all the way to the present time. So that's the behavior or or the type of therapy that I use, that I teach. And that is so much different than just speaking to someone and saying, I want you to stop. Because you can't just make people stop. You have to go find out what the cause was. And by doing what I do with parts therapy, we're able go to go back to the cause, neutralize it, and then in the pre-talk, we figure out, we talk about four new behaviors they'd like to have. One of the new behaviors for a person who has depression is to be happy, happy with life and happy with what they have in life. And we also, for people who have anxiety disorders, we may, we would call that person calm, whereas a depression part, we would call it, call it happy. And you can see what we're doing is right away, we're doing, making a change in the way they look at things. And so that's one of the things that we do as far as going back to when they were a child. So we, we don't have to find out, you know, we don't have to know what it was. We let the subconscious go where the problem began. And that could be maybe at two years old, four years old, eight years old. It doesn't really matter. Wow. That's an amazing process that you just told me about. We had one of our improvers commit suicide about a month ago. I'm sure that if we had gotten her into your care, we could have prevented her from being a victim of her own suicide. She did have childhood abuse, I was aware of. She told told me about it. And she had been diagnosed as bipolar for many years in her life. Then a psychiatrist took her off the bipolar meds, put her on something else. And then she went into this I think it was a deep depression, and that she took her own life. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because people like that can be saved. All we have to do is just go back to the origin, and at that point in time, what you're doing with the inner child work and forgiving is so powerful that you can actually take away all the pain associated with that trauma. And then we give it the new behaviors, and people are no longer completely depressed, and people often say to me, you know, Dr. Feldman, uh, I wish I would have known you, you know, before. And I said, well, I wish I, I was there. But they say, what? Well, I'm happy I'm seeing you now because I no longer have depression. 
depression where I've had it for 30 or 40 years and uh, they're going on with their life. And when you're depressed, nothing, nothing really can help you if you're just depressed and you're not getting any therapy or not taking any medication. And the medication is good, but it's, it's just a bridge. You really have to get to the origin of the problem. And that's what I do with hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at depression as a car battery that's really good when it's charged up and new. And then over time, if you don't keep charging it, it dies. Mm-hmm. Then you charge it up and it's good again. That's a good way of looking at it. Okay. For our listeners, can you explain the parts of hypnotherapy that they go through in your program? Well, the part is the part, it's what we call the subpersonality. And it's not really a part that we go through. When well, we're I mean, doing- what is the process? They come to your office. Okay. And, and how do you put them into a hypnotic state? <laughs> well, a- after filling out all the paperwork, you know, there's a one-page uh, sheet of paper that you fill out, which, uh, you know, just name, address, and certain things about you. Uh, after, after that, what we do is we speak to them about what the problem is, and we also talk about what new behaviors they like to have instead of, uh, say, uh, again, the example of depression. And we give them four new behaviors. One could be happy or happy with life, and, and also happy with what they're doing in life, to be more organized and focused to be more understanding and tolerant. These are some of the new behaviors we we talk about. Now, after we have that, then we have what we call the induction. It's a, a therapeutic script that puts them into that hypnotic state. It works very, very well. It's usually a script that we that we have written out uh, that's already written, and we put that person into that hypnotic state. It's an inducement to get into that hypnotic state. Once they're in that hypnotic state, we do certain things. We test to make sure that they're at the right level, and then we go on, and we, again, now change the name of that subpersonality to a more positive name, and we do a 180-degree change. And then after that, that's when we go back to the origin, and when we neutralize the origin, we also will take everything that's been bothering them and we put them in, put it into a cloud. We send that cloud away into the sun and it disintegrates. Once it disintegrates, it's no longer needing that behavior. And once it lets go of that behavior, we make a contract an actual contract that I make with the subpersonality that on this day we're going to let go of, say, depression. And do you agree with that? And of course they say yes. And then once we do that, we made a contract. Now, they're out of a job. And if you're out of a job, what are you going to be looking for? A new job. But we've already gotten the new behaviors done at the beginning of the session in what we call pre-talk. So we pick out four new behaviors that that person could have. So we assign the new behaviors and it's accepted by the subpersonality. We ask it after each behavior is assigned, we ask it, is that acceptable to you? And they say, yes. So now once we have all these new behaviors, I say, so on this day, and we mentioned the day that we're making this contract, that now you're going to let go of causing that person to have depression or it could be almost anything. Thing, a ha- bad habit, a smoking, even drinking. We ask How them about overeating? Like, overeating as well. We work with people who are overweight and, and it works very, very, very well. I've had people who are in hundreds of pounds and lose them. So it, we do that. And then what I also do is I go one step further. I ask them uh, before the session starts, 
Give me one event in your life that felt really great to you. And they can say, be the birth of my first grandchild or the birth of my first child. That meant a lot to them. And I said, how would you, how did you feel then? And I give them some words to pick. My word is great, but there's other words like wonderful, fantastic, ecstatic. These are the B, these are the words that we would use. And what I would do is after I would get that event, I would take them back. I would regress them to that event once they're hypnotized to that event in time where they felt this particular wonderful thing happened to them and i would say how did you feel and they would say that word that they chose well, in my case would be great so now i have the new behaviors i would assign the new behaviors which we've already signed and when i go over it again and and i make sure i record it and i say now when you make so and so happy how are you going to feel and they say great and then what i do is i anchor them and that's a technique we use by touching a part of their body usually it's a knuckle or, or uh, people in the past have used the forehead but the knuckle is the most precise place we attach it by just touching the knuckle and it's like hitting the enter button on a computer and once that's done now there whenever this personality does the new behaviors that we've assigned it to it it also feels this new euphoria this new feeling that it wants to do these new behaviors because we made it back to the event and we don't take the event where they keep on thinking of event of a birth of a child but they have the emotions and feelings of that event mm-hmm. and then once mm-hmm. we do that then that is all done. We we do a few other things that help help as well. This is Mike Roth with Dr. Craig Curtis for today's Alzheimer's tip. What is the diagnostic process to split the difference between someone who has Alzheimer's and someone who has a different form of dementia? That's a great question, Mike. So Alzheimer's disease in the past was a clinical diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And we would talk to the patient and the family and they would tell us about this progressive memory loss and maybe other symptoms that had been occurring, been occurring over the past three to five years. Mm-hmm. And we would simply test their memory and maybe wait another year or two and retest their memory to look for decline. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's completely different. As a matter of fact, now our diagnostic process involves actually looking for amyloid in the brain, which we now know causes Alzheimer's disease. How do you see amyloid in the brain? We can see amyloid in the brain using PET scans, which is the most common way. And now we're working on using blood tests, which are going to be coming out in the next few years. In fact, there's already one blood test that is FDA cleared to detect amyloid in the blood, which is reflecting amyloid in the brain. And that would be the differential between another type of dementia and Alzheimer's. Yes, sir. Let me, let me ask you another question yes. that maybe change the direction a little bit. As we were talking earlier, you, you said that hypnotherapy can help or cure cancer. How is that uh, possible? Well, first of all, we constantly have cancer cells in our body. Our subconscious is able to heal them, and we can make a person heal much quicker with the immune system. The immune system is going at one speed. And what we could do is we can increase that speed. And I've had people come to me who have had incurable, aggressive cancer, and and it works very, very well. I had one woman who happened to be a nurse, and she had that type of cancer. And we worked with her by building up her uh, immune system through the subconscious, and the subconscious would attack 
all the cancer. Now, the feeling is you can help yourself. You can have people who have cancer. You can speak to the part of the subconscious and they can increase the ability to conquer and get over the cancer. And I've had that done many, many, many times. Have there ever been double blind studies with hypnosis to prove that hypnosis can cause the immune system to help cure cancer? Yes, there have been studies where they show that uh, it increases the ability of the subconscious or the immune system to help the individuals. There have been studies. Yes, they have. I don't, I can't quote them right now, but there are studies that, that have shown that it has helped with pain. And I've done people who have pain and we can get rid of the pain by just speaking to that part of the subconscious that's controlling pain. To give you an example, pain is an alarm. It lets you know something's wrong. But if you're being treated and you know what's wrong, there's no reason to have that alarm coming off. So what you do is you speak to that part of the subconscious that's causing the pain, ask it to let go of the pain, and what we do is we can replace it with something else that might be just a uh, a tingling feeling rather than pain. So we've had people here in the villages that have knee pain, elbow pain, shoulder pain, or back pain, all of those types of pains can be I've had amputees come to me and I've helped them with their pain. I've had people who have had broken legs and all of a sudden they, they have had legs with, with metal in their, in their legs. They've been on constant pain. And after they come out of hypnotherapy, I say, how's the pain? And they say, I don't feel it anymore. Just recently, I had someone who had pain. I asked them to call me up in two days after the session was over. And this is after the first session. Usually, it takes a few sessions. After the first session, uh, he said, it hasn't come back. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, when he came back for a second session, I said, how do you feel now? And he said, pain has not returned. And we finished up with the second session. He hasn't had any pain because it's being controlled. And he also listens to the CD that we made for him at the time of the appointment. Okay. I know uh, before we started this recording, we talked about hypnosis versus eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Perhaps you can explain that for our, since I know you know EMDR, why don't you explain the difference for our listeners? Okay. In my classes of hypnotherapy in the past, I've taught EMDR, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And what we do, uh, it's been found, the person, it was a uh, Mrs. Uh, Miss Shapiro who first came across it. She found that the certain eye movements have a tendency to resemble pain uh, or things that happened to them in, in the past. And I've worked with uh, people who have PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder where they've had trauma experience and usually it, it could be soldiers coming back from war or it could be someone who is experiencing a very traumatic situation and what we do using the a pointer we have them follow the pointer and we ask them to bring up that situation which is causing the pain or trauma that they're exhibiting or, or feeling and what happens is we look at the eyes and the movement of the eyes and what happens is you get a click a click meaning you see it a jump when there's a jump that means that the subconscious is releasing the trauma associated with that event and that's where that's where EMDR is very very powerful i often use that in sessions that i have my hypnosis done and it's just another tool and like a surgeon would you want a surgeon come in and work on you with one hand or would you like him to use two well this is a tool that we use and it's like having another hand available to help one uh, get over certain things that are very uh, traumatic to them good dr feldman 
if our listeners want to get a hold of you or look at your website after the show, how should they do that? Well, they can look at, if they want to go onto the website, it's uh, www.partstherapy.com. Parts, like a parts of a car, P-A-R-T-S, therapy.com. That is the school that I was teaching in. You can look under instructors, and it gives you an article about me and also my resume, if you're interested in doing that. If you want to reach me, we have a, an, a uh, my, my cell phone is 72682-5990. The local number that I have for the villages is 352 507 5435. And you can reach me at that number. I'm available. And I, I've been doing this, uh, you know, not as full time as I did before, but I do see people during the week. If you have a question, uh, just give me a call and I'll be very happy to answer any questions that you might have. I know you're commuting back and forth between Florida and New Jersey. What percentage of your time do you spend in the villages area? In the villages, I spend about now I'm spending about 60% of the time. So, you know, I will be back <laughs> and I do come back and I do have people wait for me. I have people wait for me in New Jersey when they know that I'm gone. They, they wait and I, when I come back, but in the villages, uh, I spend a lot of time here and I'm open to people coming in for therapy. And again, I've seen people who want to lose weight, people who have depression, anxiety disorders, or people who want to get just relaxed for certain things and we can help them. I know you were on the Montel Williams show five times. Why don't you tell our listeners why they brought you back five times? <laughs> After the first time they saw that it, I was 100% successful, that's when they different producers, they have uh, about four or five different producers that are working on the shows because each week they had a different producer producing a show. This way it gives them time to uh, do their shows. So I, I did... I did many different shows with them. I worked with people who have had major trauma in their life, and I did that with uh, three people, and uh, I did that over two days, but they were able to get it all into one, you know, one hour session that they, or one hour show that they put on. So I was asked to come back because uh, everything was positive. Everything came out 100%, which was very good. Good. Dr. Feldman, thanks for joining us today, and I'm sure you're going to get some calls from our listeners want more information. Okay. Thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate that. I always like to talk about these positive things and how they help. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, our next episode will be released next Friday at 9 a.m. Should you want to become a major supporter of the show or have questions, please contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. If you know someone who should be on the show, contact us at mike at rothvoice.com. We thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyrighted by Roth Voice 2023, all rights reserved.